This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Khan, and I'll be reaching out to friends all over the world to hear how this pandemic is changing their restaurants, their hotels, their jobs, and their lives. I am pretty much isolated like so many of you, so I'll be connecting with everybody by phone. I'll be looking for answers to the question we're all asking. What's going to happen next? I hope these answers can inspire. I hope they can make people feel less alone. I hope sharing can enlighten and uplift. More than anything else, this show is about community. And it's not just for the industry. It's for everybody. These are the stories of the people who take care of you. Isn't it our turn now to take care of them? We'll be back with an all-new guest Monday. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Today's guest is Mark Canlis, third-generation owner of the great 70-year-old Canlis restaurant in Seattle, a restaurant that has only ever closed for service twice, once after a nearby boating accident, once after JFK was assassinated. Canlis is not closing now. Here's Mark to explain. Hi, how are you, Carrie? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you too, buddy. Um, I wanted to call you first and uh, have you be the the first guest on this show because you guys jumped to action so fast and turned your your beautiful, decades-old, fine-dining, iconic restaurant um, into three different restaurants that your community badly needs. Um, can you tell me how that decision came about and how you guys jumped to action so fast? Sure. We... Um... Well, let's see. I guess there's a couple weeks ago now we started um, talking in earnest about what this might mean for our restaurant, for our staff. And it became pretty readily apparent that uh, this would mean we'd be living one headline away from, you know, having to close down or, or having uh, not having enough guests to support the restaurant. So we just started asking the question from scratch, hey, what does it look like if we if we start over um, and think about how to create 115 jobs and in in this environment you know in, in a world where there's coronavirus and um, we're learning things new every day and people have you know headlines in front of their face like what like what would we do um if we just started from the beginning and that's what we did so we said you know shoot we have of staff, we have a kitchen, we're on a freeway. Um, drive-through came pretty naturally, I guess, after that. It's kind of like a, I don't know. It's, it, you, no one ever dreams of opening a fine dining restaurant on a freeway. Um, so in a certain sense, I feel like we were letting out our inner drive-through and finally come to terms with our, our geographical location. So um, that was just the first idea that came to mind. and. Um, from there, we started piling on. What else could we do? And yeah, you, you know, it was a it was a pretty organic process, and and we just maybe started a little bit earlier than than some other people. Do you think because you and your brother have have military experience, you guys knew to get a jump on this? You know, it's interesting. Um, is it um, people keep asking that and referencing the military experience? It certainly doesn't hurt, and. Um, I, I don't think we were like sages or had some crystal ball in any way. Um, I do think that in general, when you've spent time in the military, you've been trained to deal with 
just the unexpected um, a little bit better and um, and just to have that confidence that says you can do something and um, and in a little bit you know a lot of the country was looking at Seattle maybe still is We're, we continue to be a couple of days ahead of, of this thing uh, of most cities with this and so I think the onus on us was to say okay well what example do we want to set as a restaurant what example do we want to set as a city um, as a people and so yeah we thought really carefully about that and we looked at the options we looked at the risk the risk of doing nothing the risk of closing the risk of putting our staff on unemployment um, and the risk of you know making a big statement about shutting your restaurant down while you still have plenty of guests and and doing a you know doing something that is seemingly off-brand but you know, it's so interesting um if we find dining to me like the word gets thrown out around a lot and to me it's just like the most considered form of caring for somebody with food and that's exactly what we're doing right now so a couple of weeks ago it hit us that like yeah this is this kind of a sucker punch and maybe mother nature throws you this curveball um but the game's not over the game's not up at all uh, it's just the rules changed kind of midway through and if we if we say if you know you wake up every morning and you say okay what do i have to be thankful for what do i have and how can i turn to my neighbor or turn to my city like what can i do i think that's a maybe a good place to start with this whole thing did you call your mom and dad for advice um i know i know they're in i love your parents um, you want to hear a story about calling my mom and dad for advice i was I just driving traffic because we're doing about a thousand people right now to this drive-through and shut down a piece of the city and I accidentally called them from my pocket and like 20 minutes later, my mom starts giggling and it's like, it's kind of freaky when you start to hearing your mom in your ear. I have these, I have hearing aids so I can just like hear my phone in my ears. And I'm like, mom, is that you? She's like, yeah, I've been listening in. sounds like you're driving traffic. Um, so I accidentally called my mother um, and she was eavesdropping on our, on our sort of chaos in front of the restaurant. But we did not, um, no, we told them what was going on and we listened carefully to their response. Some of it was um, measured optimism. Some of it was sort of this prudent um, parental discretion feel kind of thing. Um, like, hey, by the way, you know, this is, um, this is not something you guys should take lightly. And of course we weren't, we, w we weren't but um, I think in times like this, uh, anyone is, is well advised to seek as much counsel as they can. Um, you know, we're not geniuses, but we're surrounded by a bunch of them. And if we can put them all in the same room for an hour, like a lot of cool stuff gets done. So, I mean, similarly, you have a, a board. You have a board that you meet with every year that includes people like, you know, Randy Garuti, who runs Shake Shack, and, and Will Gadara, who's with Welcome. And uh, did you did you talk to your other friends, too? Yeah, you can bet we've been in close communication. Um, when your best friend runs a national chain or international burger chain i was like hey man not really our team. You have any advice for us but um but yeah i know randy and i've been in touch with one another less about sort of burger operations and more about um the nature of this thing and the responsibility that when you have a microphone um or when the spotlight's on you you know what role should we be playing and um, you know, maybe the responsibility is to close down. We wrestled with that a lot. Maybe that was the safest thing to do. Um, maybe the responsibility is to, to press on. Um, I love what the stance that Shake Shack is taking, and, I, and, and they have reciprocated quite a bit um, just based off of what we've been doing. And so it's just been encouraging to have someone to kind of 
um, believe in what you're doing and walk with you hand in hand and say, hey, um, you guys aren't crazy for trying this. So uh, Randy's been a huge encouragement. Will has been a huge encouragement. Those guys are, you know, they're the best at what they do. And uh, we're just, we're like really blessed to have that kind of counsel. How long did it take you to physically turn over the restaurant to a place that, that you know, aims for 50 best and, and Michelin stars to, to a place that's doing um, bagels, burgers, and, and what, family-style takeout? It physically, it took us 24 hours. In planning, it took us six days. Um, so it, once we started in earnest, we sort of thought this through as a team, and we just kind of had all of our antenna out there for what was going on in the country. You know, every couple hours, it seemed like, um, the way that a move like this would be perceived by the public and even responsibly, like what was the right thing to do with your staff and what are the, what are the new rules here? And, um, we sort of sat on that for a few days and then we leaked it to our staff and we said, Hey, I know this is all on your minds. Let us tell you what we're thinking. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, by the way, this entire thing will be voluntary. Um, you know, Seattle, we're really fortunate. We have paid, paid Tim off. We have sick leave. Uh, Canlis has been offering interest-free loans to staff that m might find themselves in economic trouble. They, I wanted all of them to have an option to not do this. And um, again, there's 115 of them and 115 of them are coming to work today and couldn't be more proud or excited to do that. So um, we kind of leaked that to them and, and, and they, their response was just uh, so encouraging and we knew we had to do it. We knew we had to try. Well, I'm sure they were incredibly relieved. I mean, one of the, uh, amongst a lot of the other heartbreak uh, related to the spread of this virus is, is seeing so many of, our, you know, our friends and colleagues being laid off and, and not knowing what their future is going to bring job-wise. So I'm, I'm sure your staff... Um, it's hard, right? I mean, everyone's yeah. getting messages from their friends and texts like, hey, our restaurant just closed or ours is shutting down or we're being laid off. Um yeah, and so you know, like other difficult times in this country, it it makes you appreciative for what you have. And I think right now, if you've got a job, you should be um, waking up with a smile on your face and thankful for just any work right now. It's it's obviously a very hard time for much of our industry and so many people in this country outside of the restaurant industry. So um, that. That said, I think there is room here to be creative. I think uh, by doing this, Canlis is trying to give permission to everyone else to think positively, to think optimistically. Um, you can socially distance yourself. Um, it's probably a good idea, but you can also make a lot more eye contact and you can see somebody and you can tell them, hey man, I see you and you are not alone and we got this. And put that hashtag out on the website and the whole thing released um and it just kind of blew up i think that's what the city was responding to was this idea that hey wait a second like yeah we we do have this and in a certain sense i think of it as our role just to speak truth into the city and into the, the people of this city this is a pioneering town with a lot of grit and a lot of just sort of scrappy spirit and um i think we just had a chance there to kind of say hold up like check yourself for a second, put your phone down, walk outside, look up the sky. And if it's still up there, if it hasn't fallen, then let's just start from the beginning here. Like there's a lot to be thankful for. There's a lot we can do. There's a lot of ways we can help. Um, let's just, let's just start there and, and move forward. So um, that's been our message to the city and, and maybe more broadly is just to say, um, 
we got this. And, and it's been so encouraging how like, if you see the response from the city, the response from, we had to cancel, you know, I don't know, a thousand reservations and um, every one of them, except for one guy uh, was very angry, uh, but every one of them was um, so understanding and thanking us. And I, I walked into the office and we had four people on reservations making phone calls and two and a half of them are in tears. Like one of them's got red eyes and, like you guys, what's going on? Is it that bad? And like, no, it's that good. Like the city needs to hear this and they're proud of what's going on and they're all offering, hey, can we come in and support you? Can we help? Um, we have restaurant supply companies donating equipment and other farms donating food and suppliers. Like, so I, there, is, um, there is room in the hearts and the capacity of these people uh, to pull together and do something like this and they just need a mechanism to do it they just need a pipeline through which that energy can flow and um if canlas can do that then then we're gonna how many how many days have you been running the new concepts for at this point two today's wow. day two wow it feels honestly feels like 200 days it feels like when i read about this it was about a, it was about a year ago yeah like a week feels like you know a year um, we stood up the bagel thing this morning. Uh, it sold out in an hour. How many bagels? It was like 400 or something. Um, the line was around the block. It was just, it was nuts. Um, how are you dealing with lines? Are you, are you spreading them out? Is there a distance factor with, with, are you not wanting to draw too big of a crowd? So for drive through, like, you know, your car is your castle. Everyone feels safe in it. And so, uh, they don't get out of their cars. They just roll down a window and mm-hmm. the whole thing is just done, you know, verbally it's super easy um and we're handing you a paper bag with burgers in it um obviously we're going through all the sort of hygiene guidelines and as many precautions as we can take um and most people are so comfortable with that and that's cool um for bagels yeah it's all outdoors it's in our garden uh so people all just kind of draw this it's you know it's, it's so interesting it's actually not that hard everyone gets it everyone's aware maybe especially in this town because we've been at it for a little bit now but People are, are smiling. They got, you know, maybe one guy's got a mask on and one's got just a big old grin across his face, but they get it. And uh, just to see the city show up in their pajamas and on a cold, you know, sunny morning, it's such a, it just brings such like a life and light and energy to, um, to one another. You know, these people have been cooped up in their homes, some of them for almost two weeks now. And, um, to stand in the garden and wait for a bagel. There are worse things to do, worse ways to start your morning. So um, everything else, the delivery, obviously, it's just the press of a doorbell and, and the takeout is you're just handing a bag of food to someone. So it's been pretty straightforward. A lot of people have been scared, scared of that, like, well, how will it work? And, and everybody gets it. They're, they're full on. Like, it's pretty cool to see the community do that it's rare when that happens you know can you give me the lay of the land in terms of of who your your customers are now and how that's maybe changed since you know you you changed the concept in the last two days who you're serving now and how that maybe feels different than the population you were serving um i mean yeah the it's so interesting i mean look at the cars that are rolling here and maybe it's not a different population canvas has two guests like those that can afford it and those that can't and Mm -hmm. pretty 50 50 like even as a fine dining restaurant, half the people in here, you know, they've saved up for years or like, this is just, a, this is not something they do all the time. And sure, there's the other half that are like, not a big deal to them. And um, and so in a lot of ways, I think of our role in this city is to be serving the entire city. And now we just have a, a better opportunity to do so. So instead of a 
hundred guests a night, it's a thousand for lunch and it's a few hundred for dinner and a few hundred for bagels. And I think it just allows us to have a broader reach and, and sure there's a lot less barriers to entry to come by and get a $14 hamburger um, than a fine dining meal. So in that sense, the staff is loving it and it's been cool to, to have so many people roll through here. And How many people does Canlis employ? 115. How many people does Canlis currently employ? 115. Wow, yeah, man. Full time. That is mo- that's um, incredible. How we, the, the, I think the coolest thing that's going on right now, and, and we're about to launch it, um, we hope, um, in the next day or two. But um, one of the ways, I, look, not everyone can do a drive-through, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, the, it, this curse of having a fine dining restaurant on a freeway has suddenly been the biggest blessing. <laughs> um but just about anyone can do can do delivery um and yeah the the delivery services are kind of jammed up right now caviar and whatnot but um we talk the the reservation company pulled all their staff back in they've been working around the clock for three days to set up um this app that allows any restaurant just to to go into delivery and so uh we launched that a few hours ago with them and we're super stoked about it it's available to any restaurant that wants to try this Secondarily, and what we'll launch here in the next 48 hours is the ability to do CSA boxes. And wow. we have 30 farms that have called us and said, uh, and we're able to keep using all of our purveyors, um, but we have like the Queen Anne Farmer's Market, which just sh- all the farmer's markets in town just shut down. And um, so we're just going to take deliveries of the produce, um, have our staff pack them into boxes, and we will just sell those at the drive through or we'll deliver them at, at home delivery two things that you can do in a shelter in place situation or a quarantine situation. These are ways that we continue to just keep the economy trickling along and keep as many people employed as possible. And in a time when a lot of folks aren't comfortable going into a grocery store or don't want to fight the lines or you can't get the food you want, I've got farms banging down my door saying, is there anything you can do to get food to the people? So we're not marking it up any, we're just charging the cost of labor and, and we're just trying to keep food moving from farms into, uh, into people's homes. So um, that's a model that we're, we're doing uh, hopefully in a couple of different places and, and we should have that going soon. I was wondering about the, the supply chain and what was gonna to happen to all the farmers and, and fishermen and uh, great makers of things who, who service service restaurants. In Seattle, we have like delivery trucks, uh, like people just sort of walking away from them. And like the restaurants are closed, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And so it's gonna be, you know, with any new change, there's a little chaos, there's a little disorder, there's a little like, hey, figuring it out. And once that settles and everyone takes a deep breath, you know, you can start to, you can start to move things around. There's plenty of food out there if we just, if we kind of be smart about this. So, um, it, you know, and, and, and geez, there's, there's a word that I would love everyone to hear. Like I have 30 farms calling and saying a ton of food. So, um, you know, we'll get it out there and it's just a function of, and also it's not macaroni and cheese. So folks, you might have to like figure out what to do with some, some kale and, um, whatnot, but, it's um, it's totally possible, and uh, and I'm looking forward to making that. One of the one of the sort of only things that's given me great joy during this this crisis is is having the ability to to cook meals for for my own family and just to be able to take care of the people under under my own roof with with something delicious. It's it's really inspiring to me that you're able to do that for a whole community. And you know, as I, I want to hear about the actual food, I'm, I'm hungry for what Canlis is making right now. So tell me about the Canlis bagel. Tell me about the Canlis burger. Tell me about the Canlis family meal delivered. 
The burger, I, I'm just, I don't know how to say this like humbly. It's so damn good. Um, I mean, look, we're taking a bunch of dry aged meat that we had coming our way anyway. Um, we smoke our own bacon and all, you know, you're just taking the ingredients that you're already using and you're figuring out what to do with it. So for us, the burger made sense. We're also doing these incredible uh, veggie melts that are just like all this different cheese that maybe you'd find on a cheese plate. Um, melt it down on bread that we're baking and and doing it with it's like you just take what you have and you turn it into whatever's delicious we're making ice cream sandwiches for example um, we happen to be able to make ice cream so why not put that in a form that any kid that's been cooped up at home isn't gonna just so like a homemade ice cream sandwich you know is an easy way to make somebody happy and um, so that's the dry tour stuff we do camel salads and that kind of thing as well but um, the family meal stuff was just this concept of, wait a second, we're already cooking for the staff. Like, why stop? Like, why not just cook for the rest of the city? And so these are all the dishes that you just want at home. Might be, uh, you know, meatloaf or matzo ball soup. Um, we're doing, Chef has got a million dry aged ducks going on. And so we're doing duck cassoulet with those, uh, rabbit pot pie and um, prime rib is coming up because we're going to be sitting on a bunch of that as soon as it gets aged up. And so the price point changes. Um, and every day the menu changes. We just do one thing a night. Um, Crystal is, is baking cobblers and cakes and desserts and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're still doing all the breads and whatnot, so we throw that in there. So you've, essentially you got like a three or four course meal just at your doorstep. The wine cellar is wide open. You call and get a sommelier on the phone and we'll throw a bottle of wine in the box. So um, again, really fortunate enough to do that with our liquor laws out here. but. Um, the idea is just home cooked meal. Like who doesn't need a little chicken noodle soup? So like, it's that kind of an idea. And, um, we would just love to, uh, yeah, put that in as many homes as we can. And, and look, we're not the only ones doing that. There's so many restaurants that are standing up and, and figuring it out right now. So it's, it's that it's just real food on people's plates. And like you said, I think one of the beautiful things about this is that now we get the opportunity to cook at home. All those people with resi books, like this is why you bought those books, folks, is for the moment right now. Like that's why you have the beans in the back of your cupboard, right? It's like figure it out and spend some time with your kids and turn on some music and, and just sort of take what you've got and be thankful for it. Like I don't mean to, to make light of a really serious time in this country. I don't, you know, this is, um, this is uncertain and, and yes, it's scary. Um, but also I think we got to remind ourselves of all the truths. And if we're just taking, um, if we're just taking what we're seeing from the headlines and from our phones, um, that's the equivalent of eating one thing all day long and that's not a healthy way to eat. So I think what we, we gotta be careful what we put into our heads, careful what we put into our bodies. We're just taking care of the, the latter half of that equation. I was going to ask you if this podcast is called uh, Takeaway Only. I was going to ask you what, 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 your, uh, what your takeaway is from the last couple of weeks, but I think you just summarized it really beautifully. It sounds like it's ingenuity, and it sounds like it's gratitude. I think this is a great time to practice that. I think it's a great time to remember who we are as a people, who we are as a country. Um, we're not a country to take this sitting down. And, um, and sure, it's a little bit of a sucker punch, and maybe we, we got off to a slow start. Um, but when I look at the people of Seattle, when I see them rolling through, when I hear what's happening out here in this town, I am nothing but encouraged. And it doesn't mean we have a solution. It doesn't mean that we have a cure. Um, but um, I think in a certain sense, the cure is to remember just how alike we all are. And maybe this is an opportunity for us to, to practice what that looks like. So in that sense, um, 
I'm looking forward to the days ahead and we are filled with hope out here and we're just going to keep kind of one day at a time. Mark, thank you so much for, for taking a break from the burgers and the bagels. I know you guys are, are going to go into dinner service soon. Mark, I'm, I'm proud of you guys and I love following your story and I look forward to uh, connecting again soon. We'll check in with you again. Uh, thank you for being the first guest on our show. Thanks, Ali. All right. Bye, Mark. All right. Take care. That was Mark Canlis. You can follow Mark and the whole Canlis Restaurant family on Instagram at Canlis Restaurant. We will be back Monday with Indianapolis restaurateur Martha Hoover. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. Our logo was created by Renald Philippe at Beepoles. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardu, Raphael Weil, Jessica Powers, and Will Gadara, Brian Canlis, Anthony Rudolph, and Aaron Ginsberg at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back Monday. This is Takeaway Only.